0: friends, it's Mark James. Today is Monday the 14th of November. I'm going to be honest, this is not going to be a long podcast for many reasons. It's currently 27 minutes past two. I need to leave the house to walk for Joshua at the very latest at three o'clock. And secondly, I have got as close to fuck all to talk about (laughs) as I've ever had. I mean, I just looked in my notes and realised I'd made no notes from the week. And that can only be for a couple of reasons. Nothing funny happened. Nobody said anything funny. I didn't do anything of note. It's just been a bit of a... I'll tell you what it is. It's been an off week because... Some kids at Joshua's school got, um, so Sarah was off work already, right? Sarah was already going to be off work and at home from, was it Wednesday? I think she was off work from Wednesday. Um, This was scheduled time off. Was it Tuesday? Essentially we were supposed to be in Nashville this week, that was it, we were supposed to go to Nashville, but we cancelled it a few months ago, because obviously we didn't know what was going to be happening right now with Sarah's treatment and all those sorts of different things, so we didn't know where we were going to be at, so we cancelled Nashville, and also it was feeling like a lot of stress, because... She was gonna be starting the treatment, which of course she is, the immunotherapy. We knew that travel would be difficult, insurance would be close to impossible. There were all sorts of different considerations to be had. And also, we just weren't, it just didn't feel like going to Nashville was the right time for loads of different reasons. We sort of, um, it got a bit soured to us, you know, and we decided that it was best to pull the plug early, give them chance to get someone to cover and, you know, focus on our things at home. So that's why we were supposed to be in Nashville this week and coming back today, actually. But um, Sarah kept the week off. She decided not to mess the schedule around at work and keep the week off. But then Joshua went to school Monday and Tuesday and a couple of the kids in his class were off. They went home early Tuesday and then the school rang around and said, we have to do our due diligence and let everybody know that kids in the class have been coming down with both chicken pox and scarlet fever and COVID, COVID, chickenpox, scarlet fever, the holy trinity of illness, <laughs> of catchable, communicable diseases. I think all three of those are highly contagious and catchable. And so they said it's up to you what you decide to do with your own children, but this is what's been going on in the school. Now, Any normal time we'd have bit the bullet and just sent Joshua to school but obviously with Sarah having um, lowered immune, immune system because of being on immunotherapy the one thing that you do not want to happen is to get a highly contagious communicable disease so we decided to keep Joshua off school. So as from Wednesday Joshua and Sarah have both been off at home and I haven't been doing a lot myself either. I had gigs Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but then from Wednesday, I had Thursday, Friday, and Sunday off. And Saturday's gig was an owner's party, so it was kind of like, there just wasn't a lot going on. There was a lot of sitting around in the house. Now, there's a few things that we've decided to get done in the house, like, um... Like, <laughs> let me just calm down. I've started the pace too high. I've started shouting. I'm overexcited. I'm going to do myself no favours. I'm going to have a heart attack in here. So um, we decided to change some stuff around in the house. I'm sure I told you this already, but our middle room upstairs, there are four rooms in our upstairs. There's Joshua's room, and that's at one side of the house. There's our bedroom, which is at the other side of the house. And then there's the staircase, of course. And then opposite the top of the staircase is a middle room. Now, that middle room over the years, at one point it was my office. And then I outgrew that space and moved outside and turned that into a studio. And then it was kind of a, um, it was a bit of a storage room. And then we got rid of that and we made it an office again. And then it became a room because it was going to be the Curious Monkey room where I was going to sell playing cards and all that. And that just went by the wayside. Then it became the room with the Peloton in it and that was a thing and then most recently we decided that we were running out of space for clothes and other storage and Sarah getting ready in the morning every single day. It tends to wake me up a lot of mornings and she feels bad about making noise and we decided it would be nice if our bedroom became a room in which we could chill. And the middle room became a room in which Sarah could do her makeup and get ready. And we could have loads of storage space for clothes. So that's what we started doing. And we have, we've done probably half the work in there. And we had a good couple of days where we really nailed it down. We went at the tip a couple of times. We got rid of loads of stuff. Sarah sorted out loads of stuff in the kitchen downstairs. Like there's a downstairs cupboard under the stairs. That's been loads of different stuff. But right now it's got the dryer in it. Know, but it's been really full of shit And Sarah sorted all of that out A monster amount of work really That's a tough job She got it done, I did upstairs stuff I moved the peloton down to the outside office It, it was very productive And then Then we kind of went off the boil a little bit And we didn't really get much done for a couple of days So that's where we were within the week I can hear a beeping outside It's like a big truck reversing So we got stuff done, but not as much as we might have wanted to. We decided to fire our hot tub up again. The hot tub has not been on for months. At first, it was because we realised we were barely going in it, because it was summer and it was already so hot. And obviously, running a hot tub can be quite an expensive endeavour. So uh, we decided to scrap the hot tub off for a bit and not use it. And then we decided to plug it back in, but it's been leaking. I cannot work out why it's leaking. There are three tubes that connect the hot tub, to the hot tub machine that runs it, like the filter system and the heating and all that sort of stuff. One of them brings water in. One of them brings water out and sucks it through the filter. And then another one is basically just an air valve. That one fires water into the hot tub if you want to... um If you want to... What's it called? You know, um um put bubbles in if you want to have bubbles in the hot tub that's what that one does but it also functions to allow water to sorry there's like a halfway down the pipe there's a thing you can plug in a hose and that hose also um what's it called it also allows you to fill up the air in the hot tub jesus christ i was really struggling for words there And you have to put a hose in there. I wonder if there's just an end cap you can put on it to stop that pipe altogether. Because you don't really need that air pipe unless you're putting bubbles into the hot tub. And I sort of feel like, If we just put an end cap on that, it would solve our problem. Anyway, we've got a leak in that tube. For some reason, air is coming out of that tube. And it's very frustrating that the water is leaking out of it. And um, it's been majorly pissing me off. I've tried half the day to fix the hot tub and I just can't work out what it is. The problem is... Intex, the company that make hot tubs, they make loads of other products, so like inflatable beds and stuff like that. So you have to search the exact hot tub that you've got. And we don't know that information because we don't have the brochure or anything anymore. I should look on the base unit actually, maybe it's there. I think it's called a pure spa. But then when you use the term air intake, there's loads of different v- terms for that, and air valve and water valve and leaking water into the air intake and all these different terms all mean different stuff and there's no information online that tells you what the thing probably is. Then I watched a YouTube video and I thought, "God, that looks like what's wrong with ours. And then I looked at ours and none of the parts that i just seen in the video were in our one. And that was for a lazy spa and I assumed it all basically worked the same. So it's a very frustrating situation, but in any way, the hot tub is being an absolute arse and not working properly so i've fully emptied it out of water which we only filled it yesterday the amount of wasted water that must be is very frustrating but i fully emptied it out and um I'm gonna do everything I can now to fix it before we fill it up again, because with it emptied out, I can prop it up and I can look down the hole and I can try and fix whatever that problem is with it dry and empty. So that's my next plan. I am gonna absolutely fix that goddamn hot tub. My next job though is to walk to school, meet Joshua and take him for a haircut. That's happening today, which is always a joyful thing. He hates having his hair cut, but you know what? It's happening today. I sort of feel like maybe I should squeeze a little extra one if I'm going to go, but I don't need a haircut. I only had one a few days ago. (laughs) So no, no haircuts for me. But then I will have one on Friday and that'll annoy me that I didn't just have it. You know, this is life, isn't it? This is what happens. This is what you This is what you do. You constantly just fuck about with your own stupid plan. I'll get one Friday. I'll get one Friday. I'll walk Sarah to work. I'll get a haircut early. I'll run back from the hairdressers. That'll be my morning. I'll go and do the owner's party that I'm doing on Friday night. Jesus Christ. I have to have a haircut then because I've got a big week next week. God, well, this week. Um, anyway, let me get through the notes. Because uh, I did make some notes. But I literally looked at the diary and I looked at... Um, things on the internet and I just looked for some inspiration of what I could talk about today, very uninspiring, I felt uninspired straight away today, I woke up and I decided that I wasn't going to walk Joshua to school and I was going to have an extra hour in bed because I felt weirdly tired, I'm glad that I didn't do that, I got up and I pushed and I went and did it, I walked him to school and I ran back, I did 5k, very uninspiring 5k, took me 34 and a bit minutes, which considering last week when I spoke to you, I was full of how i've done the best 5k i've ever run i mean i was sub 30 minutes my first um mile was eight minutes 22 i think whereas my first mile today i think was i can't remember what my first mile was today was it eight thirty five? i think i still did a fairly good first mile but then i really fell off after that one of my miles was 12 minutes 40. I did quite a bit of walking. I was, had really bad sore right shin. Felt like I was getting shin splints on the right shin. And I know why that is. It's because I've eaten like shit, drank loads of alcohol and had a desperately bad week. With Sarah and Joshua being home, and I'm not making excuses. I'm, I mean, I'm giving reasons, but they do sound like excuses. I suppose they're a bit of both. I've eaten shit. I've ordered loads of takeaway. I've eaten loads of bad meals. I've watched loads of films. I've drank alcohol every day. You know all the stuff I said I wasn't going to do last week on the Monday? Well, I did it all. I had a worse week than ever. Everything feels tight. My workout clothes are tight. My stage clothes are tight. It's just horrific. Well, this week, things are changing. Today, I'm fasting. Come hell or high water, if it fucking kills me, I'm fasting today and tomorrow, the two-day fast. Then I'll eat Wednesday healthy. I'll fast Thursday. I'll uh, eat healthy Friday, because I've got a gig as well anyway. Then I'll fast Saturday when I go and do Newcastle Magic Circle's annual dinner. And then I'll get weighed Sunday and see where I'm at. Christ, I was going to tell you a weigh-in this week, wasn't I? Well, I didn't get weighed at all last week, because I couldn't face it. All the things that I was, all the motivation that I gave to other people, in the last couple of weeks, I just lost it. Nobody's perfect. But you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you come from. It matters where you are now and what you plan to do about it. Don't let a bad minute turn into a bad hour or turn into a bad day. And certainly don't let a bad week turn into a bad month. We're extending that idea. So... I'm going to get back on the horse today, even though I feel hungry, even though I feel like it might be a struggle. Sometimes it is. But I also know from experience that if I just do it today, if I just say to myself, fuck you, it's one day. What are you? Um, When I wake up tomorrow, it'll feel easier and it'll feel better. And I'll put those workout clothes on again and I'll walk Joshua to school and they will all feel even in a single day, they will all feel a little bit better. And then on Wednesday, they'll feel better again. And we keep going. We're going to keep moving forward. My plan today, if possible, is to do four bits of exercise. One of them or two of them might fall apart, but I'm going to walk to school and get Joshua. I'm going to walk Joshua from school to the hairdressers and then from the hairdressers to home. And then I'm going to go back out and meet Sarah from work and walk home with her. And then a little bit later on, I'm going to take the dog for a walk. That's the plan. I might end up skipping one of those because... doing that much walking is, might be worse for me than good for me if I plan to exercise and run in the morning. You don't want to do yourself in, really. That's probably... I did find that last week, after I'd smashed the Monday, the rest of the week, I didn't recover very well. Tuesday, I felt like crap. So maybe I do need to boil that down a bit. We'll see what happens. But anyway... That's exercise and feeling like I'm failing, failing to fix the hot tub, failing to finish jobs properly, failing to stick to the diet, just feeling like a triple failure. But I'm going to get this house thing done today. Ideally, I'm going to move the dressing table that's in the bedroom into um, that room and start just getting it together I'm gonna find a clothes rail that is appropriate for that room the clothes can start to be moved in on I'm gonna just you know start to make that room work for Sarah I'm calling this project project princess (laughs) for Sarah because she is that's what she is she's a little princess oh god and we're gonna make it work for her um most shocking thing I've seen today by the way is um the interview with Ronaldo If you're not a sports fan Quite a shocking thing has happened Two shocking things really Firstly Max Verstappen Refused to move out of the way for Checo In the um, what's it? They're both team Red Bull I don't like or know a huge amount About Formula 1 But I know that that's a bad thing They're supposed to be on the same team Based on points, Max Verstappen has already won the championship so it would have made no difference to him to give up position to Checo but he refused. Um, I believe it was over a personal beef of the fact that Checo sort of admitted to purposefully not allowing a crash to happen but essentially, you know, knowing that an undertake or an overtake was more dangerous than it could have been and... um, allowing a crash to take place. I'm not 100% sure, but it's certainly interesting because all the people who thought Max Verstappen was great now think he's a bellend, which, of course, I suppose he is. But then, are there any more... Are there any sports in the world that probably require someone to be an egomaniac or have a psychotic personality trait than formula one to be flying around a track at 275 miles an hour how fast do formula one cars go um i'm going to google this how fast is a typical formula one race i'll try and get that to see if it says that um 378 laps equating to an average speed of 112 miles an hour so your average Formula One car is going 112 miles an hour which is fast over an average but sometimes of course it'll be going faster and sometimes it'll be going slower apparently the top speed of a Formula One car is roughly 250 miles an hour. But the average speed is 110 to 130. Um, Wow, that is fast. Formula One race cars have reached 0 to 60 in as fast as 1.6 seconds. But on average, it is 2.1 to 2.7 seconds. That is mad, isn't it? That is fast, that. But yeah, I knew that they went... I knew I'd heard that like 250 miles an hour was possible in a Formula One car. So I suppose them going occasionally at over 200 miles an hour. That is really fast, you know. Think about how fast it feels to be going at 70 miles an hour and then stepping up and doing 80. And then how fast again that feels. You know, say you're doing 80 and someone overtakes you at 90. Think about how fast that looks and feels. Now translate that into 110, and hold that as your average. And now, occasionally, get up to above 200 miles an hour. That is really, really fast, crazy fast. So, to to have an even close call accident at that speed, it's phenomenally dangerous, and yet. I find it very boring, but the people who do that as a sport have to have presumably some psychopathic egomaniac tendencies. (laughs) But I suppose you could say the same for magicians. To stand up on stage in front of thousands of people and to tell lies and attempt to convince the audience that something is happening that isn't, using nothing but manual dexterity and skill, and choreography and words, I suppose maybe it's the same. Not that I'm equating being a magician with being a Formula One driver, but then I suppose I am. As far as the ego stakes go, you have to be a bit crazy and egomaniacal, maybe. (laughs) Oh God. So anyway, that's enough about Formula One. The thing I was going to tell you was that Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, has done... An interview with Piers Morgan, which is going to be televised next week, but there are plenty of clips out already and it is absolutely explosive. He says that Eric Ten Hag wants him out of the club at Man United, says he's disrespected him, says other players want him out of the club, says that their previous manager, Ralph Ragnick, wasn't even a proper coach. It's really, really mad. I mean, I've heard of this sort of thing being said in footballers' autobiographies after they've finished the sport. When they're out of the sport and 10, 15, 20 years has gone by, you know, Roy Keane's autobiographies were fairly explosive. Plenty of other players have had biographies that talked at length about things that were considered I suppose shocking. But most of those things were already known and the player themselves was giving their perspective or finer detail or the manager was giving their perspective or detail. Whereas for Ronaldo to come out and say that while he still plays at the club and someone as high profile as that as well, it's really quite a shocking development within sport. It's... um. It's mad. It's certainly going to be an interesting interview to watch. I'm looking forward to it to see what he says. Um, He's done quite a few interviews now with Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan seems to have a sort of tap direct to Ronaldo to get him to say, to get him to open up. Who knows why? My dog has just gotten off the bed. Doc, where are you going? What are you doing, bud? It always worries me when he goes randomly out of the room because I think he's going for a piss or a shit. He sat down again, which is good news. He's generally been peeing and pooing outside recently. We get what he sort of goes and moses by the door. It's taken a year, by the way, to teach him this. But he goes and stands by the door. And if you recognise what that might mean, and you say the magic words for going outside for a... I don't want to say it in case he jumps up and thinks it's time. But W-E-E, W-E-E. (laughs) if you say that in a particular tone he knows what you mean and he gets up and he goes to the door and you let him out and he does his business whereas previously he would do it inside the house but i have to say he hasn't really done it inside the house occasionally in the kitchen very occasionally he'll do it in the kitchen um If you leave him in the kitchen during the day while you're out, you know, at work or doing gigs or whatever, if he's in there by himself, he does obviously think, well, where else am I supposed to go? And he will do one in the kitchen. But he doesn't tend to do that during the night even, and certainly not during the day while we're all in. He will mainly go outside, which is pretty good. So that's been a positive. Oh the rest of these things that I've got to say to you now that are on this list are predominantly gig related although I decided this week in as part of tidying up and throwing stuff away I went through the drawers and the cupboard that are in the living room and I found some DVDs of old shows and I decided to see what they were all about and I watched an old show that I did at the Adelphi in uh, preston and it was part of this thing called the preston tringe it was essentially a comedy festival that they put on in preston i don't think it ever happened again i think it was a one-off and i did a couple of shows at it but one of them was at a pub called the adelphi upstairs and uh, loads of people that i know came and loads of random people that i didn't know came it was well sold i was very pleased it was a lot of years ago though and um I've got video footage of it. Now, for some reason that nobody could have understood at the time, and I don't understand now, the footage is almost entirely pitch black. It's as close to just being an audio recording as you can imagine. It's like, it's like watching a shadow puppet show. I mean, you can see me moving around, but there is no details at all. I'm essentially just black and the background is fairly black. And so you can see little bits of movement, but you cannot make out visually what the tricks are. If you were deaf, you would have absolutely no idea what's happening at all. It's literally just blankness. So I watched it though and listened to it. And one of the things that struck me was that I had an awful habit of saying ladies and gentlemen a lot. Now I fixed that problem by saying friends, hey friends. Because I worked out, I was reading an article about, this is quite a while ago now, but I was reading an article about how the West End and Broadway were doing away with the terminology, ladies and gentlemen. Because not everybody identifies by that terminology. And the article was written from the point of view of, you know, another classic tradition is being done away with lefty, wokeism, gender politics. Now whatever you think of lefty, wokeism, gender politics, and I don't want to get into that right now, but whatever you think of that, the theatre has always been a place where inclusivity is baked right in. It is the compl- it's the point of theatre in some ways. Once upon a time, you know, theatre would be used as a way to um, speak to power, whether it was the court jester, who was the only one that could take the piss out of the king, whether it was uh, theatre shows being used allegorically as a sort of metaphor to speak to power, whether it was the Salem witch trials being represented in um, what's it called? The Crucible, you know, was a way to speak about McCarthyism and about censorship and about things like that. Theatre has always been a way to speak to power. It's always been a way to communicate via metaphor. It's always been a way for people on the fringes to express themselves to the mainstream. And sometimes the mainstream don't get that that's what's happening. You know, traditionally there's, there's a whole debate about people not understanding what Animal Farm, the George Orwell novel, was about. And that's kind of always been baked right in, though. And consequently, people who are on the fringes of society or who are on the outsides of what is considered uh, ordinary, you know, I mean, sort of once upon a time it was being gay or um, anyone who didn't exactly fit into the box of man who is interested in woman or woman who is interested in man originally it was that and then that's become very mainstream now and then you know there was a lot of there's a lot of stuff around trans issues now and essentially things move into the mainstream very traditionally through theatre through performance and then on television as well and other forms of performance and now of course there are podcasts and things like that but metaphorical performance has always been used initially to make areas of discomfort become comfortable to make things that are not understood be understood and to make places where people felt they had to hide who they were hide their light under a bushel to no longer have to hide that light and if anything to with shows like everybody's Ta- is it everybody's talking about Jamie and things like that shows like that to not only make them be talked about and acceptable but to be celebrated and so the idea that people were uncomfortable at the term ladies and gentlemen in the theater i think if anywhere should exploit explore the removal of traditional terms then surely theater is the flag bearer for that movement but people were kicking off. Oh, we've said, ladies and gentlemen, for years, we should keep saying it. Well, I disagreed. I think that theatre should continue to be the standard bearer for, for opening up to new ideas and should continue to be the place where things that the mainstream consider difficult to understand or to talk about, they should be explored openly. And so... I wasn't comfortable anymore with using the term ladies and gentlemen, and I decided to find something else. But I realized that rather than just being something to hold you back, actually it was a good way to explore finding, um, finding a better term, finding a better thing to say, because ladies and gentlemen says nothing of your own personality. When you use that terminology, it says nothing of who you are. So why not find a term that communicates who you are, but also makes everybody comfortable? And for me, that's how I settled on Hey Friends. Hey Friends, and that's what this podcast has been named after. It's named after the very idea that I wanted to appeal to everybody and be friendly. It tells the audience something about me, and it also includes everybody. So that's why I switched to that terminology in my show. But what I noticed when I was watching this old footage is that... I used, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it was it was a crutch almost. I would say it at the start of nearly every sentence. So, ladies and gentlemen, now we're going to, do, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do this. Uh, okay, ladies and gentlemen, it was it was awful. It really annoyed me watching it. I also noticed that. I came up with a sort of joke about someone in the audience. They were very buff and I kind of bullied them into showing their six pack to the rest of the audience, which they clearly to me were uncomfortable with doing. And I I knew that person, by the way, it wasn't a stranger. So perhaps that's what allowed me to push further in that situation than I would have done. And I certainly would not do that now um, to a friend or a stranger, but it surprised me that I did it then. Maybe it's worse than it sounds and maybe it's better than it sounds, I don't know. But in either way, it's certainly something that maybe I learned from that. But whether I learned from that or I've learned since then, I've definitely learned that lesson. I've grown as a performer to the point that I would never push anybody to do something they weren't comfortable with. I mean, even now on stage, when I ask somebody to join in, a lot of performers have got this thing about asking someone to help. And if that person says no, they'll force them to do it because then everybody just says no. And I think that's more a fear for the performer than it is reality. Because if one person says no and you say, well, that's okay. I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. That's not the point in this. You know, I'd rather have someone help that's comfortable just speaking to me out loud. Hey, um, you'll be great for this as well. Would you mind helping? I generally find that if you approach it like that, that second person will pretty much always say yes, sure. And they will help. So I I don't like to push people into things. I don't like to abuse my power as the performer on stage to make people uncomfortable. If you push someone into a situation where they don't really want to help, you're only going to have an uncomfortable interaction with them anyway. And I relearned that this year because I had a horrible situation where I picked someone to help in the show and they said yes. And then they really, really just went into their shell during the trick, but I was already halfway down the lane with them. So I kind of continued, but I wish I'd just let them off the hook and picked someone else. And that shows why you should never really start with someone who doesn't want to join in. But watching myself do old material it really pointed out to me how much I've changed as a performer in that rather than being combative and wanting people to go along with what I'm doing I really now try to bring people along with what I'm doing and make them feel comfortable as we're all doing it together I look at the performance as a collaboration now rather than just me pushing it onto them it's funny it's funny how you can change as a as a performer uh, in, that, in that way. So I watched that old show and um, a lot of it made me feel unhappy with who I used to be. But then I also realised that that's probably a good thing. Because if you are watching old footage of yourself from five years ago and you think that it's brilliant... That's a bad thing. You shouldn't watch footage of yourself from years ago and enjoy it. It should be uncomfortable. You shouldn't like it. And it should make you wish that you'd been better. Because that suggests, presumably, that you're better now. And I like to think that I am. So that's where we're at. Uh, I have to go because the time is up. I've got to go and uh, get this uploaded and go and get Joshua. But uh, onward, friends. Let's be better. Let's try and push forward and be better. This is the week, yeah? Let's do it. Right, bye friends.